And so once I went to hypnotherapy a few times, well, the floodgates opened and I just cry. And I think it's, it's now not a matter of, I don't know, I don't want to compare it to anything because, you know, you can't compare your grief stories, but I don't feel shameful, I guess, when I cry anymore. And, you know, obviously it's not like I'm crying because I got a paper cut on my finger. Losing a parent is very, very, very difficult, especially one, like I was so, so close to my dad. Like, um, he was my best buddy. Welcome to The Safe Haven. I'm your host, Amanda Lytle. The Safe Haven offers a collection of conversations about life's challenges and the pivots we make in order to keep moving forward. The Safe Haven recently shapeshifted into a bi-weekly release with alternating bi-weekly releases of a segment called Road Trip, where Jennifer Porter and I have the kinds of chats that you'd have with a bestie on a road trip. Fun fact, we're not actually on a road trip, although... I just returned from yet another actual road trip across the country from BC to Ontario and back again. In this drive today with Jen, we chat about a special brew that has now safely arrived in BC, the Cashega Wigga Bob. This beer was brewed by Jen and her family in honor of her dad, Bob, who died last May. Jen has really been missing her dad a lot these days, and today she shares what's been coming up for her recently. She talks about how she honors him now, how grief shows up in her life, and what hypnotherapy has done to help her break through what she calls her unhealthy relationship with crying. Before we jump into today's drive, I want to remind you how much we would love it if you could follow The Safe Haven on your podcast app. Leaving a rating or writing a written review helps us reach more listeners and show other listeners and podcasters that we're legit. Every single one helps, so if you haven't done so, we'd be so appreciative if you did. Here we go. Hello, road trip friends. I'm Jen. And I'm Amanda. And we're two adventurous souls with a huge passion for travel and chasing the unordinary. You know those podcasts that you listen to that you just feel like you're hanging out on the couch with a friend or on a long road trip chatting with your bestie? That's what we've created and we want you to come along for the ride. Sometimes it'll just be us and other times we'll pick up a friend along the way for some additional insights. In each road trip episode, we'll be sharing a variety of insights and perspectives, lessons, and memories from our lives. Sometimes we may cry, but we'll laugh way more, honoring every emotion that comes up authentically. That is what road trips with your besties are for. So grab a snack, pop in those earbuds, and buckle up. I must say, I'm pretty happy to be back in this van, Jen. Yes, it's been a while. It's We've been busy. We've been busy, and I just literally put on 12,000 kilometers on the Mazda. I know you did an absolute Canadian road trip. I know. Back and forth, right across from BC to Ontario and back. And I wanted to let you know that I have successfully picked up and am ready to deliver this really cool beer. Ooh, is it called the Cachaga Wigga Bob? It is. (laughs) Tell me about that. I am so excited to get that beer. Um, so basically, um, okay. So the Cachaga Wigabob is a special brew. So my sister-in-law, Brittany reached out to the Halliburton Highlands Brewing Company, and we did a special brew in honor of our dad. So my dad was 
a very loyal customer, if you will, to the Halliburton Highland Brewing Company. Specifically, he loved the Honey Brown. Um, We had his 80th birthday party at the brewery where I surprised him. And yeah, we just thought that it was such a good idea. And when we are able to do a celebration of his life, um, we have this, you know, special beer to serve and remember him. So of course, Chris and I kind of uh, had a few, a little disagreement Mm -hmm. about what it should be called. And I let Chris win and we called it the Kashega Wigabob. So it is a version of the Honey Brown, but it's a little bit lighter. So I'm really excited to try it. Mm-hmm. What was your name? What did you want to call it? I wanted to call it Bob's Barley Sandwiches because, okay, my dad passed away in May of 2020 and he had battled cancer for about two and a half years. And something that my dad and I always did together was drink beer. Mm-hmm. And it was funny if I was visiting home or when if I was still at home, he'd be like, hey, Jen, do you want to have a barley sandwich? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. And God bless him. He was an old guy, but he always had the shittiest beer in the fridge. And I was like, okay, dad, we really have to do something about your beer selection. He's like, well, what do you mean, Jen? I'm like, I really want to like explore your palate and, you know, maybe introduce you to what we might call craft beer. Oh, Jen, I'm retired. Like I can't afford that. And I'm like, oh God. Anyways, we really, or I got, oh my gosh, Jennifer, I I transformed him. He, he left this world loving craft beer. (laughs) Thank God. So anyways, yeah, he'd be like, he'd always, I'd come home. He'd be like, you want to have a barley sandwich with me? And then Chris wanted to call it the Cashega Wigga Bob because we grew up on Cashega Wigga Mog Lake. Mm-hmm. Say that one 10 times fast. So yes, that's where the name came from. I think it's great. I, lo- I love that you were able to actually go in there. I didn't realize that you could go and make a little brew. Yeah. Yeah. So we, it was a whole day. Well, sorry, we could have made it a whole day, but we wanted, we just made it half a day and we went in and, you know, measured out all the hops, the barley, everything. We put it through the grain, like the mash, like the whole process. And then in between we did quality checks for sure, Mm -hmm. just to make sure it was up to Bob's standards. And yeah, it was, it was a really cool experience. And I think we ended up getting a hundred liters. That's a lot That could of be beer. wrong. It, it equates to about a pony-sized keg, so a mini keg. A pony. That, <laughs> yeah, they call thing? little kegs pony kegs. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And we bottled most of it though, because mm-hmm. we created the label. We created a custom label with my dad's picture on it, and just like a little brood with love. Um, but yes, so I'm very excited to try this beer. Mm-hmm. I'm excited that we're going to get together this fall and actually be able to share that. Yes. Yes. You can have a Kashega Wigabog for sure. Yes. I'm excited yeah. about it. I think Chris was a little upset when I got to get the first six, but he will have plenty to enjoy. Mm-hmm. I love this experience and I love that you were able to do that and that you were able to fit it into that quick visit home that you did back in July. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was basically once I decided I was going home, every day was planned, but it was a really special experience. And I think like even for my brother, my sister-in-law, my mom and I to do together, it was, yeah, it was just really nice. And honestly, like 
I've always, I shouldn't say always, but for a long time, I'm going to say like, I remember sussing out craft breweries when I was in Australia. So like that's 11 years ago, I've kind of had this interest of craft beer and you know, just exploring different breweries. And so it was just kind of fun. I, I always wanted to make my own beer. I've always actually wanted to make a porter because well, my last name's Porter. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of something my dad and I talked about doing, but because I was never, like I haven't lived at home for so long that we just never got around to it. So I'm really happy we got around to it in honor of him. Mm-hmm. When I was bringing it back across the country and just getting here and letting you know that it had safely arrived in the cusp, you were telling me about how you were really excited, obviously, about that. But like you've really been missing your dad these days. What do you think has shifted? You know, I know that the grief experience and the journey through grief kind of ebbs and flows. But what do you think has been happening recently? I think um, like grief, everybody has their own grief journey and there's no timeline Mm -hmm. that grief finishes. You essentially grieve for your life, Mm -hmm. depending on who you are, who or what you're grieving. So I think that I went into, you know, this, okay, so my dad passed away. Okay. We're just going to get through the year first and, you know, things done and dusted. Mm -hmm. Good. We're moving on. And that's kind of my nature is like, let's deal with it, brush it under the carpet, whatever. And in fact, that's not the way it goes. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting. I mean, I've lost grandparents and I've lost a set of grandparents, a great grandma, but um, nothing, I've never lost anything in life that weighs as much as losing a parent. So I think that making it through the first year, I was kind of thinking like, okay, and then grief, like it, typical me, I was like, okay, we're, we're done dealing with this. And then it was like, and no, you're not. So it's just knowing that grief, it comes, it goes, it comes in waves. I mean, I can sit and be laughing hysterically at something and then I'll be blindsided by a memory and I just get a little bit choked up. And I've realized, I mean, I've had to go through a little bit of therapy, um, counseling and hypnotherapy specifically because I couldn't cry. Hmm. I was not crying. Like I'd cry, but I would be more like, I was like a closet crier. I didn't necessarily want to show others my emotions. Cause I don't know, for some reason I thought, Oh, you know, death, whatever. And you know, you, your body goes through a massive amount of shock mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so once I went to hypnotherapy a few times, well, the floodgates opened and I just cry. And I think it's, it's now not a matter of, I don't know, I don't want to compare it to anything because, you know, you can't compare your grief stories, but I don't feel shameful, I guess, when I cry anymore. And, you know, obviously it's not like I'm crying because I got a paper cut on my finger. Mm-hmm. Losing a parent is very, very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. especially one, like I was so, so close to my dad. Like, um, he was my best buddy. Really? Yeah. Do you chat with Chris about your grief journey and maybe share experiences or share your waves with him? Yeah. So it's two totally different journeys and the way he's, I, you know, when we've talked, he, he was there living with my dad, from day one of the cancer diagnosis where I wasn't. So Chris was with it 
every day. And he inevitably knew it was coming. I mean, we all knew it was coming because my dad was, when he was diagnosed with cancer, it was terminal at that point. So it was a matter of how long do we have? What is the severity? Like, is there treatment? And once, you know, we kind of got a handle around that, you know, he trotted along, but my brother saw like the progression more or less every day. It was in his face where for me, it was anytime I talked to my dad, he would never, it was always like, Hey Jen, how you doing? I'm thinking to myself, mm-hmm. how is this man going through life so positive and upbeat while he knows he's dying of cancer? Mm-hmm. Like, and so that's the side that I saw. So I saw him, my dad, December, 2017, I went home for Christmas and it was the January. So a month later that he got diagnosed. So I'd had this wonderful Christmas at home and then, you know, he got diagnosed with cancer and I was like, oh my gosh, like I might have to cancel my trip to Japan. And he said, don't be silly. Like you're going to Japan. But then it was March of 2020 when my brother was like, yeah, I don't know, Jen, like you might want to consider moving your trip up. And I said, you know, my brother and I kept in touch and, you know, he'd say, you know, my dad went kind of up and down. Like he, he'd get like scared and be like, okay, like, maybe I need to go to the hospital. And, you know, my brother's like, yeah, don't like, don't worry. Like this isn't the worst. So, um, when my brother did say to me, like, well, you might want to move your trip up. I was like, okay, this is serious. Chris isn't just going to pull me home just because. And yeah, that was when I went home in March around, like did the road trip across Canada. And that's when I saw my dad at the sickest. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is real. The days are extremely limited at this point. So um, (laughs) it was really special that such an unfortunate global event, such as a pandemic, Um, But I was able to spend, it was like the last six weeks with my dad. I was able Mm -hmm. to like be with him while he died, essentially. Mm -hmm. I was able to have barley sandwiches with him. He was drinking barley sandwiches up until about a week before he passed away. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So we always had happy hour. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? The barley sandwiches, that is going to be something that you cherish for the rest of your life. Oh, definitely. Like I, um, I got a tattoo after my dad passed away. It's a beer growler and it says Porter on it. And then there's a couple little flowers coming out of it. And one's his birth month flower and one's mine. So a violet and a rose. Mm. And it's just like, it's so like, if somebody asks, I'm like, oh yeah, I just like beer. Like my last name's Porter. But like, if, you know, I want to get into it, it's just anytime I went home, um, my dad and I, or if my dad came out here, we'd always reserve a day or two and we would just go to breweries and play crib and, you know, just really chit chat and spend time together. And, um, it was just really fun. Like we really, like, those were the things we look forward to doing. And like, even when he came to visit me, you know, we'd go to, you know, all the different kind of different breweries on the Island. And I remember he came to visit one time and he took my friend and I snowboarding. He drove us across Island but the only condition was that we stopped at a brewery on the way home. And I was like, oh, dad, of course. Like, come on. Of course we're stopping at a brewery. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just, it's really, it's it's fun that craft beer, like, I remember one time my dad and I, we went to a craft beer festival in Toronto and we got in a fight because I wouldn't give him any more of my tokens. And he's like, oh, Jen, you mean you're going to make me have to pay for my own? I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
And like, we go to breweries together and I'd be like, oh, sorry, dad, forgot my wallet. And he's like, oh, Jen, he's like, you got to really put a, get like, get a wrap on where that wallet is. You're always forgetting it. I'm like, yep, sorry. (laughs) This one's on you. He's like, Jen, your entire life's been on me. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, about that. (laughs) Wasn't my choice to be born. We're going to take a quick pit stop here for gas. So take a big stretch, jump around, grab something to nourish yourself with and enjoy a quick break while we fill up. I just wrote down quality time because quality time sounds like it was just the be all and end all of your relationship, which is so beautiful. Oh, definitely. So I think like, you know, when you have siblings and parents and like, I think like there's a lot of attributes and qualities about me that are like my mom's side, like my mom, but I am definitely my father's daughter. I just like, oh, I remember my dad, he, all he wanted to do was storm watch in Tofino. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So when I got home from Japan, we met at the Vancouver airport and he came to visit for two weeks. And yeah, like, it's just, we, we just really spent good time together. So that's where I like, that's what makes me really miss him because, oh, like bless his heart. But like, he didn't take into consideration the time change when he would call me. He'd just pick up the phone and call. And he's like, <laughs> well, if you don't want to be woken up, turn your phone off. I'm like, thanks dad. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> it's, like his, it's like him marching around up in the kitchen. Oh yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, if you didn't go out and stay out late last night, maybe uh, you have a bit of a headache today, but that sounds like a you problem. I'm like, yeah, it really is a me yeah. problem. <laughs> But uh, he'd be like, hey, Jen, how's it going? I'm like, well, dad, I've just opened my eyes. I'm not really sure yet. What are you going to do today? I'm like, well, I'm going to go to work. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. But those are the things that, and like, oh God, we would fight. But we would fight because he would tell me things I didn't want to hear. But I'm like, I know you're right. I know you're right. Mm -hmm. Okay. This just made me think of a texting slash voice notes slash phone call chat that we had last week about honoring our loved ones after they've passed. Can you just keep going with those sentiments? Cause they were just so beautiful. Yeah. So it's, I mean, honoring, I feel like I still honor my dad, even after he's passed things I do in life. I'm like, I know my dad was very proud of me and he still would be very proud of me, but it's always still in the back of my head of, I'm not out like, I mean, yeah, I guess in life, you know, we, we want to make our parents proud you know, that's kind of a solidification to them that they've done a good job raising us. And so there's definitely still things where I'm like, you know, I definitely want to make my dad proud or, you know, that weighs on decisions that I make. And, you know, he sits on my shoulder and kind of like, sometimes I can feel, and I'm like, Oh, like that's probably not the best decision to make Jennifer. Mm. Um, but I honor him. Yeah. Like on father's day. Well, the last two father's days, because we've only not had him for two, Um, we've gone to the local brewery and had a porter and we've Mm -hmm. cheers, you know, if I'm missing him, I, my dad and I, we used to play a lot of crib, um, like go on car rides, go on drives together. What I do really miss though, that's hard to honor is just conversation Mm -hmm. and asking him for advice. And he would, you know, a lot of the times play the devil's advocate, but yeah, I honor him just, you know, through our shared interests and, you know, just doing things where I'm like, Hey, like, do you want to play a game of crib? And like on May the 11th this year, we, I was with some friends, we went to a brewery and had pizza. And it's just, it's really small things. Mm -hmm. I have his, there's a picture of him and I on my 
wallpaper of my phone. So it's finding like little things. And honestly, I think what's hard is going through life. So any partners or life partners that I would have from now on, they will never know my dad. Mm -hmm. So I need to honor him. And, you know, obviously it's a conversation that comes up early because I refer to, it's not my parents, it's my mom. So people will say like, it's kind of one of those awkward subjects because, you know, you never really know what kind of can of worms you're going to open if you ask about, you know, a parent that's not mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I'm more than happy to talk about the passing of a parent. Um, I think it's since my dad has passed, there's a lot, there's like a community and, you know, of people that have lost parents, whether it's moms or dads or, you know, parent figures Mm -hmm. and you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, but yeah, just like finding little things and sailing was a very big thing for my Mm -hmm. parents. And I just want to learn how to sail. Yeah. My dad tried to teach me when I was really little in a little hobby sailboat. And the boom came across and put me in the lake. And so that was the end of that. Dad, I was like probably four years old. Um, So he tried, he really tried, but I got scared. And that's such a beautiful thing. Like what a goal to have. Yes. Yeah. Well, and like living where I live right now on the ocean. And I mean, there's people like living on a sailboat is not like an archaic thing to do. Mm I don't know if I'm really ready to live on a sailboat because I don't know a darn thing about boats mm-hmm. other than we need a bilge pump. <laughs> but, you know, people are like, well, you can learn. And I'm like, it's not like I would be like my, if I had said sailboat, like it would, it would be moored. Like, it's not like I would need to sail it to shore every day. But yeah, I really have this thing where in the course of my life, I want to learn how to sail. You will. So, yeah. You'll learn how to sail. Thank you so much for sharing this. I have a question about hypnotherapy because was that something that you dove into after your dad passed, like in order to help you grieve or what was the catalyst into that? It was um, through some trauma that I went through in 2020, you know, my dad passing where I just felt this like heaviness Mm -hmm. of, and I thought to myself, you know what, for what's been going on, like I didn't feel like I had that release of crying. And I thought like crying's healthy, mm-hmm. but I had this unhealthy relationship with crying. So I did some like Googling, consulted the World Wide Web. And, and then I was seeing a clinical counselor at that point. And I went in one day and I was like, hey, have you ever really thought much about hypnotherapy? And she was like, well, it's funny you say this because I'm just finishing my certification. And she's like, are you interested in it? And I'm like... Yeah, like I was walking down the street one day and I just, you know, there was a store or like a a building front and it said, you know, it was like this wellness clinic and hypnotherapy. And I kind of sparked an interest in it. She's like, well, yeah, like, you know, it's, you know, if you want to try it, like it's not going to do any harm. And so I tried it and I kind of thought like I had to go into it with an open mind because I like by no means was I hypnotized. Mm -hmm. I was fully conscious at all times, but it's more just talking to your subconscious. Mm. So through the subconscious, I don't know, like it was a really, really relaxing experience and I didn't do much. I laid there and listened to the hypnotherapist just speak. But then it was with about 24 hours that I just cried. Like I couldn't hold it back. And 
you know, I've kind of been doing that since. And, you know, it's just realizing that life is emotional, Mm -hmm. um, especially right now. And it can get overwhelming. And like I say, like grief is a lifelong thing. Like, it's not like I'm just going to be one day cured. Like I'm always going to miss my dad. I mean, I would quite honestly almost do absolutely anything to have five minutes with him. Um, yes. So hypnotherapy helped me for sure. Um, I've done it a few times since I'd say I've, I've probably had three sessions over the course of a year and a half. I more or less like go to it. If I, I don't know, like, I don't know the real reason that triggers like to be like, Oh, I'm going to make an appointment. Um, sometimes I feel like you just know, you just know when you need some extra support. Well, I'm also just very in check with my own emotional being. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if I have questions or, you know, I, I turn to therapy definitely mm-hmm. because these people are professionals. And like I say, you kind of have to, you do have to go into it with an open mind. Yeah. You have to kind of, I don't want to say believe, but have that open mind of I'm curious about this mm-hmm. and explore that. I don't think maybe it doesn't work for everyone, but it worked for me. And I would say within 48 hours of that session, I would was just driving along and I'd start crying. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, like this is good because as we all know, like after a good cry, I don't know, Mm -hmm. I feel a lot better. Sometimes I sleep a lot better. Oh yeah. It's such a release. It's, I think it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Like I say, I was like a closet crier. Like I, I didn't, I crying in the shower used to be my thing. Oh yeah. My sister and I have talked a lot about that. It's like, hide the tears, like just let them wash yeah. down the drain, cry in the shower. No one else has to see you. But this is like where I'm at right now. It's so funny that you just said that about crying in the shower, because that was almost like a badge of honor. It's like, no one sees me cry. I just cry in the shower kind of thing. But the more I understand emotions and about being able to really develop empathy and compassion for other people and yourself is allowing yourself to honor the emotions as they come up. And it can be really difficult to do, but so necessary. Yeah. You really just have to, yeah. Like there, there's times where even I'm at work and you know, when you're overwhelmed or like I say, like grief or emotions, they just hit you. Mm -hmm. Like you can't really control when they're coming. Um, but I like suppressing them. Well, I mean, it does not work for me. Mm -hmm. But it used to. So is it kind of like after, so you wouldn't cry as often as you do now? No, no. Like it was almost like it it just wasn't happening. Hmm. Like like if I was crying, it was like to almost at a breaking point. Interesting. I felt like even after like my dad passed away, it's an awkward thing because people don't know what to say to you. Because very few people in the grand scheme of things can actually relate. The best piece of advice like for myself is recognizing that like if somebody's going through a loss or something, there isn't really anything to say. It's difficult. And I think, you know, being there and saying like, there's a difference though in saying like, I'm here for you. But a lot of the time, like I know myself, like it's hard to reach out as well. So it really like throughout this whole process have like appreciated the friends and family being like, you know, how are you? Even the days following after my dad passed away, like, you know, of course you tell people 
And it's the people that were messaging or following up like days, weeks, you know, months later of like, how are you actually doing? But being specific with that question, because how are you doing is just such a loaded question. Like, I actually hate that question right now. It's like, how are you? Well, it's like, I don't know, the world's in chaos. Like, you know, how am I? Like, how much time do you have? And then it's like, oh yeah, I'm great. Okay, cool. Moving on. But, um, but I was definitely, uh, let's sweep this under the carpet and deal with it later. You're so right. The, the more I learn about how I can articulate how I'm feeling in a healthy way and not suppress or sweep things under the rug, even in the speaking out of how I'm feeling feels so vulnerable, right? Even just to feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders and not to discount so much of what is going on in the world, but in a moment, there is like comparative suffering is not going to help you. It's not going to benefit you in any way. It's not going to help. So it's allowing yourself to feel, oh, that just made me think of a book that I've been listening to um, called Burnout. Yep. The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. And let me tell you, I didn't realize that emotions or there, like basically that there's a stress cycle and that you have to be able to go through and complete the stress cycle in order to get through it completely. Almost like think of a tunnel. You have to get through every emotion and complete that emotion or stress cycle. Interesting. Yeah. But feeling safe enough to cry, I think is another big one. And that's a whole conversation in itself it's hard to sometimes pinpoint. And with this whole busy culture that we all live in, you know, sometimes people, I'm just too busy to figure like, and I'm like, that's where I like try to take steps back now. And it's like, I'm not too busy for my own well-being. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that. If I don't look after myself, well, nobody else is looking after me. Mm-hmm. And if I don't look after myself, you know, with my job that I have, mm-hmm. I'm essentially in charge of, you know, people's wedding days. So if I'm not okay, let's go back to wedding day though. If I'm not okay, then, you know, how can I help? Like, how can other people be okay? But it's also recognizing that it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Wedding days are very hard for me. I was just going to ask you that when I was thinking about you and your dad and things that you are or aren't going to be able to experience moving forward. That's a big one. Yeah. It's hard for me because yes, a wedding day, my dad will never walk me down the aisle. Mm-hmm. And that, that makes me not even want to have a, a wedding because I don't want to have to compromise my partner of having, you know, that experience like with his mom of like first dance and, you know, things like that on my wedding day. I don't want there to be like any focus around, you know, my dad not being there mm-hmm. because it would just be too hard. So it, it's very hard because, you know, coordinating ceremonies, I burst into tears mm-hmm. every time a bride and her dad walks down the aisle and it's mm-hmm. kind of awkward. Cause I'm like, well, I'm just this wedding planner standing in the background, you know, like everything, everybody's so hot. And I'm like, this is so sad. And, um, yeah, that's, that's a difficult one. I don't think that you're anywhere out of place experiencing that, Jen. I think that that's so genuine and so true. Yeah. It's like, you know, if somebody knew why I was crying, you know, that's a different thing, but you know, people aren't always going to understand why you're crying. But yeah, it, it, that's that's a very interesting, you know, aspect. And mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. I know my dad is always with me, but it's getting over the fact of the physical. And sometimes I'm just like, man, I just need to like hear that guy's voice or, mm-hmm. 
I just need him to talk some sense into me <laughs> or I need to like call him and be like, Hey dad, like what beer are you drinking right now? Yeah. I'm happy. I have all these very fond memories with him. I was just thinking about the birds chirping at 4am and with the time difference and everything, how much more sense that makes now than ever. Oh yeah. Actually the birds haven't been chirping lately. I don't know what's going on now that actually, when I think about it, the, yeah, the birds haven't been chirping lately. I guess seasonality kind of plays into that too. Yeah. Hmm. I've been seeing like strange birds, but also I haven't been outside a lot recently. I've been working a lot. Big wedding season. Yeah. 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 And I'm probably just a little bit too busy to, to pay note to the signs. Cause like to, to find the signs, like you do have to like really be aware. Yeah, you got to be aware and where I'm like, you know, we're waking up, we're getting through this day and we're going to eat wedding cake at the end of it and we're going to wake up and do it all again tomorrow. Hell yes. <laughs> Actually, this is kind of funny. The other night I came home from work and it was like a wedding day. And of course, like I ate breakfast, maybe kind of ate a lunch, but you know, by the time you're like in like wanting to eat dinner while everybody else, like you're serving the dinner. So I came home and I was like, oh, this is the life, eh? And I was like, well, here I have it. I'm going to lay in bed and I'm going to eat leftover wedding cake and have a beer. And I was like, I am thriving. <laughs> oh like, my gosh. Yeah, ask me what it's like to be every, everybody's like, I want to be an event planner. Do you tell me more? Yes. You live <laughs> Where's off wedding cake. coming from? <laughs> Everybody and their sister wants to be a wedding planner. Oh, I want to be Jennifer Lopez, like the wedding planner. Oh, do you? Tell me more. Mm -hmm. Get ready to live off wedding cake and just snacks. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's, you know, in a nutshell, that's grief and whatnot. But all this talk about beer, I am pretty thirsty and want to wet my whistle. Like, Can I interest you in a cheeky pint? Because... We are coming up on one of my favorite breweries up here, Riot Brewing Company. Riot. I love that name. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's like a skateboard theme. So let's go. If you're you're ready, I'm ready to wet my whistle. Okay. Nice one. Perfect. I like I like getting flights when I go to new breweries because I get to Me try too. a little bit of everything. Me. Okay, too. let's get one. Okay, let's go. Well, friends, thank you so, so much. We have made it and we've so enjoyed your company and appreciate you coming along. Make sure that you take a big stretch and nourish yourselves today. If you had a nice trip today, be sure to follow us on your podcast app and jump back in next week. Tell your friends, they'll fit in the van. We'll gas up, grab some snacks and continue down the open road next week. Cheers. Nice one, Porter. <laughs>